Today's episode of Locked On Sabres brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. A trade deadline dud. We'll go through everything that happened in the league because not much happened with the Sabres, but we will talk about the Sabres' non-action on deadline day. A little bit on college hockey. The brackets are out. Those were released on Sunday. And then we'll look ahead to the Sabres' next game a little bit against the Pittsburgh Penguins all in the way here on Lockdown Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Yeah, there's no other way to put it, right? Trade deadline dud. We will go through the deadline, the Sabres not making any moves, what Kevin Adams, the Sabres general manager, had to say about not making moves today on the show, and also a little bit about some stuff that happened around the league. There's a college hockey bracket out, finally, that happened on Sunday uh, that we'll go through and take a look at when we'll see some Sabre prospects in action and when we could expect them joining the Sabres. I think there's a couple of different Sabre prospects. Some are obvious that once their college seasons are over, we'll be up with the Sabres, and maybe there's a couple of others that will be down with the Rochester Americans. Uh, some housekeeping to get done first. Uh, the social media handles, I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Jordan Hanskin is at JR Hanskin. The podcast account is at Locked On Sabres. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, as well as uh, if you can like and subscribe wherever you might be listening, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um and the Sabres did make a couple of paper transactions on uh, Monday, and that was sending down guys like Peyton Krabs and Matias Samuelson to Rochester, and then they'll recall them right after. That makes them eligible for the AHL playoffs. So all the guys that you would expect could go down to Rochester for the Sabres now uh, are eligible to go down and play for the Amherst. And most importantly for that would be obviously Peyton Krebs and then also Matias Samuelson. And the Amherst, as it stands, they are going to make the playoffs. They've had a good season. They really slowed down in the last month and a half. But Jack Quinn returning from injury has really fueled them uh, to kind of to kind of reestablish themselves. They are currently in the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, but they currently sit with 66 points. So they got a couple of point lead over Syracuse, same with Hershey. And they're actually, that's by points percentage that they're not in a, that they're in eighth. They're actually in seventh, sorry, by playoff because they're above the Toronto Marlies who are down at 59. So that's going to be a tight race, um, but they're in line right now to make the playoffs as long as they don't have a collapse here at the end of the season. And with Jack Quinn back in the picture, he's already scored a couple of goals. Uh, you would think that they should be okay. Quinn, though, might be a guy that we see play for the Sabres down the, down the stretch. Maybe less likely now. The Sabres made no deadline moves. Nothing. We had Robert Hag on Sunday for a six-round pick. Trade deadline day comes, and the Sabres did nada. Second year in a row that they have not made a trade on deadline day. The New York Islanders are the only other team that has not made a single trade in either of the last two trade deadline days. Now, Colin Miller, Craig Anderson, Mark Pesek, Vinny Hino-Stroza, 
Cody Eakin. They had a lot of rentals. They had a lot of rental players that are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. And if you heard Adams, Kevin Adams, speak about why he didn't move them, he said he really didn't like any of the offers and he preached keeping the group together. And I I don't want to be the guy that says that there is no value to winning down the stretch and having the young guys feel that success going into the offseason. It could help fuel them in the offseason so that they show up ready to go next regular season, ready to compete. But I did not think trading one or two guys was really going to disrupt that all that much. Now, if you had traded all of them, sure, I could hear you. If you had traded Miller, Anderson, Pesek, Hino Stroza, and Eakin, and you didn't get anything better than a fourth-round pickback, now I understand it. But you couldn't have traded just Colin Miller? You couldn't have traded just Colin Miller and Cody Eakin? You know, you couldn't have traded just Craig Anderson and called up Ukapekalukkanen? I, I think part of it maybe was, I just kind of teased this when I talked about Quinn, that Adams also did not want to disrupt Rochester. And I think it's easy to sit here and say, all right, trade deadline comes, guys get moved out, roster spots open up, and suddenly we've got some we've got some roster spots available for the kids. Jack Quinn now has room to come up and grow in the NHL. JJ Paterka, same thing. Ukapeka Lukanen has room to come up and start if Craig Anderson's gonna remain or is gonna get moved out. And maybe Adams, I mean, obviously Adams, didn't want to disrupt Rochester. They're in a playoff race, and they're in, they're on pace currently to make the playoffs. And maybe he doesn't foresee Jack Quinn being here uh, down the stretch for the Sabres. He doesn't foresee Paterga or Lukanen being here for the Sabres down the stretch. I think that's clearly part of his reasoning to not only not disrupt the young group in Buffalo, but not disrupt the young group in Rochester. Now, Again, Miller is the one where I think there was no there was no reason not to move him because I don't think Colin Miller was going to one disrupt Rochester and want and to disrupt the young group here. I mean, he is a veteran. I'm not saying he has no leadership qualities in that locker room, but you're keeping a poso around, you've got talk, you've got Gergensons. If you're keeping Anderson and Pesic around, like did you really need Colin Miller for the fabric of the group? He is that is that group that fragile that moving Colin Miller out was going to disrupt them. He's the one guy that I'll say this. He's the one guy that I'll say this. He should have moved him. He should have moved him for anything. Anyone else, I'll hear you. Yeah, I'll hear you out. Don't disrupt Rochester. Don't disrupt the locker room here in Buffalo, fine. You don't want to trade Cody Eakin. You don't want to trade Mark Pesic or Craig Anderson for six-round picks because you think they do provide value to this group growing as a unit. Fine. Miller is the one. You should have traded him regardless. You already have too many defensemen. You have too many defensemen. He's on your third pair. He would have provided some value, I would have thought, to another team. Clearly not the first-round pick that they were asking for two months ago. Clearly not a second-round pick or even the third-round pick they got for Brandon Montour last year from Florida. But I would have taken anything for Colin Miller. A fifth, a sixth even. I would have taken anything for Colin Miller. Uh, but the other guys, I, I hear you. And Hino Stroza, I'll mention specifically here as well, is somebody that I was a very open to the idea of not moving him, even if you had a decent offer, because I really want to see them keep Vinny Hino Stroza uh, from this year into next year. Uh, before we talk more about the deadline and the Sabres not making a move, and also a couple of trades that happened in the NHL, 
want to remind you, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts for their car, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. I just went through this with new wipers on my car. I went to two different chain stores that did not have what I was looking for. It took them like f- took a couple minutes in line, then a couple of minutes for them to look it up. And then I finally realized that they tell me that they don't have it in stock. They can't even order it. They can't even go to another part uh, store in the area. So I-, I went home and I had it done in, you know, five minutes at rockauto.com. And I probably saved a lot of money compared to what I was going to end up paying uh, at one of those chain stores. Um, could be up to 50% even 100% more uh, for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Joe DiBiase back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast following a non-eventful trade deadline by the Buffalo Sabres where they did not make a move. They have not made a trade on deadline day since they have not made one in each of the last two deadlines. They have not made a trade on trade deadline day since they sent Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sherry to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Dominic Cahoon. And just before that, they traded a fourth-round pick to the New Jersey Devils for Wayne Simmons. So it's been a while. Those guys played six games, remember. That is before, that is before that's pre-pandemic. That is before COVID. Six games before COVID because they were on the team when uh, when everything shut down. Now, Things that happened around the league, because obviously nothing happened here in Buffalo. The Vegas Golden Knights had the most interesting deadline day, and it is even still going. Uh, they needed cap space. They, we've, I've talked about them extensively on the show since Jack Eichel said what he said after returning to Buffalo that uh, that amazing Thursday night here in Buffalo. The Golden Knights, who, by the way, lost again last night. They lost. I think they got shut out. Uh, I was watching some of that game. What was the final score? Yeah, three to nothing. Wild. Wild beat the Golden Knights by a score of three to nothing. So, as it currently stands uh, in the NHL standings, because Edmonton gained a point last night going to overtime with Colorado, Edmonton keeps hold of that third spot in the Pacific Division with 75 points. The Blues have the first wild card spot with 77 points. The Golden Knights have 72 points. And they've played 65 games. Edmonton has played 63. So the Oilers are three points ahead of the Golden Knights, and they have played, they have or they have two games in hand behind Vegas. Behind Vegas, Dallas, who is one point behind Vegas for a playoff spot, still has those four games in hand. Winnipeg, who won last night, 
is now four points behind Vegas. They have two games in hand. Vancouver is four points back. They have one game in hand. So three teams right on their heels and the gap between the Golden Knights and the teams above them is starting to grow. So the Golden Knights playoff odds continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Sinbin Vegas last night, their best Twitter follow was real critical of their game said they were not creating chances when Jack Eichel was not on the ice. Eichel, he said had a good game, uh, but everyone else on that team just could not get it going. So, We've talked about them before, though, on their cap situation and how they're so tied up against the cap. In fact, they can't even bring guys off of injured reserve right now if they wanted to because if everybody's healthy, they're $7 million over the cap. They've put themselves in this situation. It's why Mark, it's part of the reason why Mark Stone is on IR right now, long-term IR, $9.5 million. Alec Martinez at $5.2 million. Robin Leonard, their starting goaltender, who they really need right now, although he's out for a while, at $5 million. Riley Smith at $5 million. Max Pacioretty at $7 million. Braden McNabb, two point five. I mean, they have got a lot of money tied up in their salary cap. So what did Vegas try to do to clear some space on deadline day? Well, right before the deadline, they trade forward Evgeny Dadnoff to the Anaheim Ducks in a cap move. Dadnoff's a good player. I think he's a good player. He hasn't had a great season with Vegas. They traded for him from Ottawa uh, in the offseason because they thought he was going to be a real good player for them. But he hasn't lived up to expectations, and he's got a $5 million salary. So the Golden Knights trade Dadnoff to clear some space to the Anaheim Ducks. But that trade is now like it's being appealed. It's in the it's going around in the NHL PA, the NHL Central Registry can't figure out what to do with it because what seems to have happened is Dadnoff, who has a, a modified no trade clause, submits a 10 team no trade list and the Ducks are on that no trade list. The Golden Knights didn't know this, the Senators didn't know this. And the NHL didn't know this, in part because, one, they did not ask Dadnoff. They did not inform him. And this is the Golden Knights, man. They are they're starting to gain this rep, this reputation, as a cutthroat, real unprofessional type of organization. They did this with Marc-Andre Fleury, remember, last offseason, where they traded Fleury away to Chicago, did not ask his permission. In fact, he found out through Twitter that he was being moved. Dadnoff, they're doing the same thing. They're not checking in with him or his agent before they ship him off to Anaheim. And what has now happened, because they didn't do that, is they they might not be able to move him. The trade might not be able to be put through. The, The culprit here also seems to be the Ottawa Senators. When the Senators traded Dadnoff to Vegas in the this past offseason, they did not send Vegas the 10-team no-trade list that Dadnoff had submitted to the Senators. So Dadnoff, I guess, didn't do anything wrong here. His agent sent in, submitted Dadnoff's 10-team no-trade list. The problem is Vegas never got it, and Anaheim is on the list. So now the trade might get reversed to where he has to stay in Vegas. And there's a couple of things that will happen now that I think damage the Golden Knights' playoff hopes because this trade can't go through, which is, of course, 
damage their playoff hopes is good for the Sabres because we want that first-round pick to get as high as possible. And also, we want to see Jack Eichel fail right now. If Dadnoff is there, that really limits what they can do on their cap. That really limits who they can bring back. Makes it a lot harder for what they could bring back off of injured reserve. That's one part of it. And, of course, um, the other part of it is just Dadnoff as a player. I think they wanted to move on. And it's going to make things really awkward. Right? Can he go back to that team? He knows they tried to trade him. I mean, he doesn't want to go to Anaheim, but it, oh man, it, it, how is that? How is that organization going to welcome him back? Especially for the reputation they're starting to gain. I mean, are they going to make things difficult on him the rest of the way? I, I just think it's going to be a very awkward situation when Dadnoff walks back into that locker room with that coach and meets with management after he knows. They tried to pull one. They tried to pull out the rug from under him. They tried to trade him without him knowing. It's a real weird situation. So, anyways, I thought that was the most interesting thing that happened uh, on deadline day. You had Mark Andre Fleury getting sent to the Minnesota Wild for a second round pick that can become a first round pick. I thought that was nuts. The Minnesota Wild did not need to do that, but okay, you want to go for the veteran, established guy? Fine, do do your thing, Minnesota. You're a good team. You deserve the right to do it, I guess. Um, and then you had like Nick Letty getting sent to St. Louis. Good move for them. Johan Larson, former Sabre, gets traded to Washington. Good depth centerman. But nothing else that was uh, too major uh, from deadline day. Um, all right. One last thing I wanted to get into before we move on here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. And that is the NCAA tournament. It was selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament. The Frozen Four is in Boston this season and the Sabres will have a lot of prospects. In fact, they will have six prospects in the tournament. Uh, obviously Michigan, who is a one seed will have Owen power and Devin Levi. And by the way, you want to be rooting for these guys, of course, for them to succeed. But the moment their college seasons are over, they are then free to sign with the Sabres for the rest of the season. And I think a lot of some of these guys will end up doing that. So starting with Michigan, the Michigan Wolverines are a one seed. They are playing American international. They are going to be a heavy favorite in that game. That game will take place Friday at three o'clock Eastern time. I believe it'll be ESPN plus uh, or ESPN U. So you could watch it uh, through ESPN. Uh, so I'll be watching that game for sure. It'll be a good game to watch. Owen Power and on the blue line is the number one defenseman, number one power play unit, big minutes. Eric Portillo, Sabre prospect goaltender, will be starting in net for uh, for Michigan against American International. Then on the other side of the bracket, you have Northeastern. They make the tournament as an at-large bid as a four seed. Michigan, by the way, was the Big Ten champion. Northeastern and Devin Levi, who has been the best goalie in college hockey this season, bar none, historically good season, uh, Sabre goalie prospect, who I think, you know, Power is a guy that could be here the rest of the way after his season is over. Portillo, I do not think will be. I think Levi could be. Levi might be Rochester, though. Rochester, or maybe he gets a couple of games here in Buffalo. We'll see. But I do believe. Not only is he a candidate to sign at the end of the year, but he's also a candidate to be up with the Sabres. Uh, he's a four seed. They play Friday at noon at Western or against Western Michigan. So they are the, the underdog there, but that's a noon game. So you can watch both. You can watch Devin Levi at noon. You can watch Owen Power and Eric Portillo at three. And then you could watch Ryan Johnson 
Sabre first-round pick from a couple of years ago, defenseman in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. You can watch Ryan Johnson and the Minnesota Golden Gophers as the two-seed play UMass at 6 o'clock on Friday. That is the matchup, uh, on, and they will play the winner of Northeastern in Western Michigan. So you could see Devin Levi versus Ryan Johnson in the next round. And then who else do we got? We got, uh, by the way, other also at Minnesota, uh, Aaron Hoogland, uh, Sabre prospect that he was a late round pick. What was he? Aaron Hoogland was, sorry, I just had it right in front of me. Come on. Fourth round pick of the Sabres uh, in the 2019 draft. He's got some highlight real plays. So he'll be someone that I have not seen much of that I'll be interested to look at. And then Matteo Costantini for North Dakota. Uh, they play they play Notre Dame uh, Thursday at 6 o'clock, um, and he was a draft pick this past season for the Sabres in the mid-rounds. Uh, he was a, again, my tabs are all over the place here, fifth-round pick, fifth-round pick in 2020 for the Buffalo Sabres. But the big guns are going to be Owen Power and Eric Portillo on Friday at 3, uh, Ryan Johnson on Friday at 6, and then Devin Levi on Friday at noon. The Sabres will be next in action tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is a home game. Sidney Crosby here in Buffalo at KeyBank Center. It is a 7.30 puck drop, uh, and that'll be a TNT game nationally televised. We will preview Sabres and Penguins tomorrow morning here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We'll go through the lineups. We'll go through what the Sabres injuries look like and who might start in net. Look through some of the betting lines as well. And also, what is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins, who's had a, who have had a playoff spot kind of wrapped up for a while here. I'll go through kind of what they look like as a Stanley Cup contender and also who they might be in line to play in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as we get much closer uh, to the first round of the playoffs. So that'll be tomorrow's show. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. We'll go make your second listen. Locked on fantasy hockey host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Talk to you tomorrow here on Locked on Sabres. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.